Welcome to the Crosslands Church Podcast, our mission to help you experience the life with God you've been missing. And now, a message for you. Good morning, everyone. Glad you could join us today. And um, you know what? I love a good mystery. Um, I like watching TV shows that's a mystery series or a crime series. And I just love the character development and the suspense level that rises to the climax. And, you know, they always throw in that thing at the end where they make you think that the person that you thought committed the crime didn't really commit it. And then in the last five minutes, they, they kind of bring it all together and they, they tell you who it is that committed the crime. So, you know, what? I, I, growing up, I remember Tuesday nights, my mom would go to prayer meeting, and my dad and I would be at home, and we'd watch Matlock or Murder, She Wrote, those kinds of things. And uh, more recently, maybe Blue Bloods. What's your favorite one? Why don't you write it in the chat and uh, let us know what kind of shows that you like to watch. We're continuing today with our series on Ephesians, and we're going to talk about a mystery that Paul reveals in the book of Ephesians. And... I'm not going to make you wait till the end, till the last five minutes to find out what it is. Ephesians 3, verse 6 tells us, And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body, and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. So last week, we talked about Ephesians, and we introduced uh, the book, And we talked about how everyone is chosen by God. You are chosen by God. And um, when we decide to follow him, we're adopted by him. And our adoption is something that he decided in advance, before our time began. And as a result of being in Christ, we have an inheritance with him in his community of Christ followers. And that's guaranteed by the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to look at this diverse humanity a little more closely. And the mystery is that even though there are differences among us, we'll see that together we can live well because of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us. And we have this ultimate commonality in spite of our differences, and that's what makes us distinct from the world. I've talked to some of you, and you're reading along in Ephesians as we're doing this series. So Just for your information, the the parts that we're going to be talking about today is Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse uh, verse 11, to chapter 3, verse 13, and then also Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 16. If you have any questions about the message, you can uh, feel free to put it in the YouTube chat and somebody will get the, the questions to me. So as with all great mysteries, you have to look back at what you already know in order to figure out where you are in the present and then where you need to go from here. So the focus by Paul in Ephesians is that the Jews and the, is the Jews and the Gentiles. And if we go back to the Old Testament, the Jewish people, the Israelites, they were the people that God chose to carry out his plan, who experienced his covenant promises. And the distinguishing factor for them um, was circumcision, which was what the Jews considered to be something that distinguishes them from the rest of humanity. And the Jews were having a tough time understanding how God could, uh, uh, that anybody else could be close to God. They saw themselves as close to God, and they saw the Gentiles or the non-Jews as being distant from God. 
And so they were uh, having a tough time understanding how they could live well with people who are different than them. But while, what Paul's saying is, hold up. This new humanity that God has introduced through the death and resurrection of Jesus on the cross is for Jews and Gentiles alike. And as a result of Jesus' sacrifice, the separation between God and humanity is broken, and we can all be close to God again. What Paul writes in his letter is countercultural to the time they were living in, in the first century Roman Empire. And uh, there the emperor declared his fatherhood over the people, and he, he promised them peace. But instead of peace, their culture consisted of things like prejudice, civil unrest, violence, dehumanization, anything but peace. And so the very thing that the emperor tried to do and couldn't accomplish, that made way for us to realize that all those things could be accomplished in Jesus. We see this sometimes in our society, too. In spite of our best efforts at equality, sometimes there's one group of people who sees them, themselves superior to another group. And, um, you know, it could be male-female relationships. It could be um, employee-employer. It could be of different people of different color. And uh, we see it even within families sometimes, where one sibling is maybe, uh, they see themselves as, as more important than the other sibling. And it could be maybe because um, their dominant parent has kind of given them extra recognition. And all of these things cause division and breakdown of relationships and communities. What we see in Jesus is a way to overcome the brokenness in society and live together in unity. In God's family, the idea of one group belonging and the other group on the outside looking in, that's not the natural order that God created. Paul says in Ephesians 2, verses 19 to 22, So now, you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. So citizenship was a longed-for reality in the Roman emperor, Empire, and it didn't easily come, and people often bribed officials in order to get their citizenship. And, of course, that caused division because there were the poorer people in society who couldn't afford to pay somebody off to get their citizenship. And so, um, and, then, and then there was also, um, in Christ's community, no one is a stranger or foreigner. All are welcome to have citizenship at no cost. Again, countercultural. Not only are we welcome, but we can know and be close to the king which was unheard of in the Roman Empire. And together with Christ as our cornerstone, he is the foundation of our lives which hold us together. With him, we are the place where God's spirit dwells. You may have heard, uh, your temple is a body of the Holy Spirit. And yes, it is. But what Paul is saying here is that it's not just a personal thing. It's not just an individual thing for you. But it's for all of us as Christ followers, being congregated together as one body by the Spirit being a place where God dwells. 
And so it's not about my temple over here in Newmarket and, and somebody else's temple over here in Aurora and, and another temple here in Bradford or Holland Landing or Keswick. But together, as we join, even though we're in different physical spaces, we're united because we're in Christ. And we make the larger body a place where God's spirit can dwell, even when we're physically apart. In our society today, we've seen walls of division rising around higher and higher, and um, most prominently against black or African-American people, and even in light of recent events against Asian people. And, and we see rise, people rising up and trying to tear down these walls that have been erected over decades. And, and we see, um, and it's because of one group is thinking that they're more superior to, to others, and they've, they've uh, hurt vulnerable people and those who, um, who are different. And this is not just a problem in the world. We've seen this, come in, this problem in the church as well. And it's not, um, you know, I've listened to, to people who I've actually respected as, as Christian leaders, and I hear them talk about these things, and, and the way that they try and solve the problems, the, the language that they use is not too different from what I hear the world talking about. And I hear them use that same vocabulary, and it, and in under all of that, you get those underlying hints of dissension and disunity still coming in there. What I see is that people are trying to break down the wall of division on one side, and then they seem to be building it back up again over on the other side. We can't come at this from a place of anger and inciting fear among those who are different. The only way we can do this is by turning to Christ as the chief cornerstone and allowing him to bring us together. So that means that the challenge is on us as followers of Christ to work together and to lead the way in this. So how do we do this? I don't want to gloss over this and say that there's an easy road for this. And um, we can't just move on and forget the past. There's apologies that probably need to be made, and there's forgiveness that needs to happen. And, and all of that takes time. And I don't have a step-by-step -step process of, of how we can solve these problems, because they are quite vast in our world today. But what I can say is, to live with people who are different, we have to live in a way that reflects the character of Christ. And that's the mystery that Paul was writing about in his letter. That different people groups, people who have different ideologies and skin colors and customs and expressions, can exist together when we allow Christ, and Pastor Wade mentioned this earlier, to carefully join us together in him. That's the only way it's possible if we allow him to be at the center of all this. In chapter 3, Paul goes a little further to tell us what God's purpose was in revealing this mystery and why he allowed it to come about. Verse 10 God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. The disunity that comes when we try and live with people who are different isn't just a physical conflict. It's a spiritual battle that gets lived out in our physical lives. 
And what I want to point out today is that Paul is saying here that God's purpose was to use the church to display its rich variety, to, to show that the wisdom of God is shown when our diversity comes together with a solution. When I was in my mid-20s, um, I, I was attending a church and the church was quite diverse and probably about 80 different cultures and, uh, and people that would come together on a Sunday morning for worship. And so I would attend the young adults group on Friday nights. And we, uh, we often, um, I guess I was going there for maybe a couple of weeks or so, and the pastor introduced me some, to some other young ladies in the group. And as we were chatting, we kind of determined among ourselves that we wanted to get together outside of the Friday night group, and we wanted to do Bible study together, and we wanted to get to know each other. So, um, so we, we set up a time, and we decided to meet at my friend Michelle's parents' house at the time. And uh, so we would get together. There were five of us at the beginning. There was myself. There were two Asian ladies, a black lady, and a brown lady from Trinidad. And um, if you were to look at us, um, there's no reason why we would be friends. We were all so different in our appearance and in our backgrounds, but we all had a, a common desire, and that was to get to know Jesus more and to get to know each other. And it was those things that brought us together. And so as we continued to meet for those reasons, we, we just kind of did life together. We added more people to our group. Um, we went to the weddings, and uh, as, as the babies were brought home from the hospital, we all went to see babies. And we even cried and, and mourned together as grandparents and parents passed away. And then there were times when my friends opened up to me about what it was like living as a minority back in the day in Toronto. And as I, I ponder this group, it kind of... It kind of makes me feel like this is what God designed us to be like. You know, there, as I mentioned, there's, there was no reason for us to come together and be friends. But it was because of what God was doing in our lives, because we had a desire to get to know him, and a desire to know other people, that we were, we were able to come together. And you know what? We're still friends today. I messaged them this week, and I told them that I was speaking today and what I, what I was speaking on. And there were all these messages coming back. Claudia, you're going to do great. And uh, we're so thankful for what God's doing in your life and, and for how he's brought us all together and we're still friends. And as we get to know people who are different, the diversity between us becomes smaller because we realize that those things that are different, those are actually the things that are strong about us. Last week we mentioned that the first three chapters of Ephesians are more about theology and doctrine. And the last three are more, they're a little more practical. So we've just been talking more about um, what we can learn from all this. So then how do, we, how do we live all these things out? How do we best live with people who are different? And the first thing is live worthy of being chosen. Last week we talked about how we're chosen by God. And he chose us or called us for his honor and glory. And here, Paul is begging us to live a life worthy of that calling. It's not enough just to say we're called by God, but we need to act like it. So how in the world do we do that? Well, Paul gives us some hints. In verses 2 and 3, he says, Be humble and gentle and patient. 
And humility was, that was a quality that in that time, it wasn't even valued in society. And uh, the idea of, of serving and pleasing people, that wasn't something, especially among the upper class. And some people wouldn't even know what to do with that. And maybe even today, there are some people in our society who wouldn't know what to do with that either, because to think of being humble towards somebody of a different socioeconomic background or uh, gender or, or color, that, that, that's unheard of for some people. Then patience, that's a tough one. You know, you're driving along in the car, you have to get somewhere, it's like, ah, oh, this person is so slow, come on, come on, come on, <laughs> move, move, move. I remember I was at the grocery store, and um, I had all my, my groceries there, and I had just a couple of minutes, and you know, I just had to run in and get something and go. And so the person in front of me is checking out, so I'm putting all my stuff up on the belt, and suddenly, just as I had everything on the belt, the person in front of me decides, oh, there's one more thing I need. So they run all the way back to the back of the store for that one ingredient that they forgot. And so the rest of us are like, oh, come on, we have places to be. And so we're, um, we're just waiting, and it's like, come on, I, I have to go, I don't have time for this. And, and I'm getting frustrated, and the person at the cash is getting frustrated because they're seeing all the people behind me who are muttering and complaining because where is this person, why did they do this? Patience, it's hard sometimes. And uh, what I thought about after was, well, maybe that one ingredient was something that they needed to make somebody else's day who wasn't able to get out to the grocery store for themselves. Humility, gentleness, patience. And Paul also says to bear with one another in love. The person who embraces love backs off from condemning others or pointing, pointing out their faults. Love is needed to live well with people who are different. And you know what? We don't have to agree with everything a person says, but we don't have to judge them for it either. It's important that we recognize that people have different opinions on ideas that matter to them. And just because someone is different and they have a different opinion than you, that doesn't mean that we can disrespect the opinions of others. And I think sometimes we really need to take time and pray about this and pray that God will give us humility and gentleness and patience and love as we live in a society, especially one today that's highly charged with uh, opinions on things like our health or who to vote for. And so Paul insists that his readers must continually make every effort to keep on being unified. And what we need to recognize is that we don't have to go looking for unity. Unity is already there because of the commonality that we share as followers of Jesus. And the fact that we have allowed things to come between us, that's on us. And so what Paul is saying here is that we need to keep on being unified together. And that what keeps us together is peace. And Peace is like the binding that kind of glues us all together. I, I was, as I was thinking about this, I remembered some plates that I had. And for whatever reason, this one plate set, they used to just crack right down the middle. And so I would throw them out. And after a while, I realized, you know what? This is a pretty 
clear crack. I think I can fix this. So I got some crazy glue and, and I just stuck it together. And, and just as the glue became the binding to hold that plate back together, I still have some of those plates now. And just as that was the binding, well, so is peace the binding that holds us together as we attempt to be unified in Christ. So how do we live at, in peace with people we don't agree with or, or people who are different? Are we going to fail sometimes? Yep, absolutely. But we need to make every effort to live at peace with people and to maintain unity. The other part that we can't forget is, is says that this peace comes from Christ. We can't make peace happen. Sometimes it's only by God's grace that we can even live with people. And... Um, Oftentimes, we need to surrender that to Christ. We can't do it in our own strength. We need to rely on the Holy Spirit who is at work within us to help us. And um, sometimes there's things that we may need to agree to disagree on. And maybe we need to sometimes leave those topics out of our discussions and, and trust that God is going to bring about the best solution for us. And if we allow people and opinions to come between us, that's not what God desires of us. Now, in saying all of this, I don't want to be wishy-washy about it because sometimes there are things that need to be called out. And sometimes we do need to stand up for things. But again, in, even in doing that, we need to be uh, mindful and respectful and, and to do it in the best way so that we're not causing disunity, or we're causing minimal disunity and praying that God's going to be at work in the midst of it. So to live in peace and love with each other is actually following the example that God provided for us. So rather than getting caught up on the things that are different, we can live well by allowing God's Spirit to help us in things like humility, gentleness, patience, and love, and let peace hold us together. So we just said that we can live well with people who are different by living worthy of being chosen. The second thing is that use what God has given us to work together. There's a whole discussion in Ephesians 4, from seven to, verses 7 to 16, and Paul talks about the, the spiritual gifts that God gives us. And we're not going to go into a big discussion about spiritual gifts today. We, that's another sermon that we actually did last year. Uh, March 1st, I introduced uh, the topic of spiritual gifts, and uh, you can check it out on the podcast if you like. And then on March 15th, Pastor Fred started uh, a whole uh, extension of that, where he talked about each of the specific gifts uh, weekly. And um, so you can actually check that out on the YouTube channel if you want more information on that. And maybe you want to discover what spiritual gifts that you may have and how you can use those to benefit the body of Christ. So check that out. When we become followers of Christ and we live together among fellow believers, we have the opportunity to use these gifts that God gives us to help each other grow. Ephesians um, chapter 4, verses 11 to 12 says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Again, we're not going to get into all the specific roles 
uh, today and, and explain those. You can check that out on the, on the other message. And I, I don't think I said the title of it is Empowered Together, in case you're looking for it. And, uh, but what Paul does say is it's the responsibility of these leaders to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church. And so it's my responsibility and that of the other pastors to equip all of us to be able to carry on the work that God's asking us to do at Crossland Church. And so um, I, I met with some of our people who were helping to connect and, and make phone calls to people in our church a while back. And, and I, I said to them, I feel very strongly that as pastors, it's, it's our responsibility to equip you so that um, if something were to happen to us, God forbid, um, but if something were to happen, the ministry at Crosslands Church wouldn't just stop, but there would be people in place who would be able to pick it up and make it, make it happen until uh, pastoral re uh, leadership is restored in the church. And you know what? That's what being part of the body of Christ is about. It's about being equipped and trained and figuring out what our gifts are so that we can all work together to make things work and so that the body of Christ is built up and strengthened and unified. So as you and I work together, using our individual gifts that are given to us by God, we, we end up being more aligned because we're working together for a common goal. And if we're all using our gifts, then God helps us fill in the gaps. And suddenly we realize that the things we saw as a negative in a person can actually be used as a strength to not only help them, but to help all of us grow stronger. If there's something about someone that annoys you, that never happens, right? Don't let it fester. Instead, begin to pray for that person. Make an effort to get to know them. It could be that they've experienced something in their past that causes them to be as they are. And maybe it's your friendship that's the key to helping them to grow stronger in their character and to grow closer to Christ. Never underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit to bring about unity. Verse 13 tells us that this equipping and using our gifts will continue until Jesus returns. And it's all part of growing in our character and maturing in the Lord. Measuring up to the standard of Christ is no easy task, and it's a big undertaking. But throughout our lives, we must focus on growing more like him. And as we keep that eternal focus, unity results. We learn how to live well with people who are different. And in Ephesians 4, verse 16, it says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. God has given all of us gifts to use, and in order for us to be our best as a whole, we all need to use our gifts and be in sync with each other and use them to be for the benefit of us all. I, was, I used to work with a guy a few years ago, and he had just become the lead pastor of a church. So before he started, he was trying to figure out, um, he decided, okay, these are my strengths, and here are the things that, I, here are my weaknesses, the things I'm not so good at. So what, as he was choosing his team of other pastors and leaders to come alongside him, he, he looked at the things that he wasn't so good at, and he looked for people who were stronger in those areas so that together they could come together and they could form a whole, that they would be able to um, 
build up the body of Christ there in their church for the future. So it's the diversity of our gifts coming together in unity that allows us to live together with people who are different. And if we all had the same gifts, then we'd be in competition. On Sunday morning, it would be like, okay, who's doing this? And we'd all be vying for the same thing or something that's going on in the week, and we'd all want to be there doing that. But no, God gives all of us different gifts so that we're all filling in all the gaps and we're working together and to bring about unity and to bring about life change and to show people about God's rescue in their lives and so that he can use us and minister through us for his glory. Verse 14 and 15 sums it up nicely for us. It says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We won't be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Do you want to remain immature in your faith? Do you want to always be chasing down the latest teachings and never really sure if it's the truth that God is actually saying? Do you want to remain far away from Christ and not growing in your faith and knowledge so that you don't know the truth from lies? Alternately, do you want to speak the truth in love? Do you want to grow in every way more and more like Christ? Do you want to live well with people who are different and accepting them for who they are and recognizing that we're all growing in our faith and we're on this journey of becoming more and more like Jesus? For some of us, this whole thing that we've been talking about today, about following Jesus and and being unified and doing ministry for him, maybe this is new for you. And you're used to trying to make life work on your own. Today and through this series, we've been talking about living collectively as followers of Christ, which means that together we look to Jesus as the center of our lives. And if you would like to follow Jesus, there are three things that you can do. And the first one is, A, admit that you realize that life is just not working out. As we've talked about today, there's a strength when we look at ourselves collectively and understand the things which are different about us, that can actually be our strength. And B is believe that Jesus is in his love has provided a way of rescue for you. He's provided that rescue for you too. And through his death and resurrection, you can be part of his family of people who follow him. And there's a place in God's family for you. He's given you gifts that will help make all of us stronger. And, and we want to we want to use, we want to be able to experience that with all of us working together. And C is to commit to following Jesus. Decide that you're going to stop living for yourself, and now you want to live with Christ in the center and with a whole community of Christ followers. And you want to align yourself with him and with, other, with others who have decided to follow him so that God can use the unique things about you to make us all stronger. So today I'm going to say a prayer, and if you would like to if you would like to decide to follow Jesus today, why don't you pray this prayer along with me? Jesus, thank you for providing a way for me to come to you. I am sorry for trying to live on my own. Today, I want to be part of your family. 
I want you to use the unique things about me so that we can all grow stronger together. I've decided to follow you today, Jesus. Amen. If you have decided to follow Jesus for the first time today, we'd love to know about it. And we uh, have a place on our website at crosslands.live where you can click on, and it's called Follow Jesus. Click on that, give us your information, and we'll get in touch with you and help you find some next steps that you can take on your spiritual journey. So what do all of us need to do today? We live in a world where diversity is becoming more and more common. And as it happens, we're being, it feels like we're being drawn farther and farther apart. And even within God's family, we've allowed things like politics and skin color to become between us. And as we've seen from Paul's letter to the Ephesians today, God's plan is not that we would let anger and fear and bitterness come between us. Instead, God wants us to see the different things about us as our strength. As we think about doing this on our own, it, it seems like a mystery as to how this could ever happen. And we wonder how this could ever be solved. Well, I'm so thankful that we don't have to do this alone. I'm so thankful that we have the Spirit of God to help us. And it's only through Jesus with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives that we can live well with people who are different than us. But we need to take a look at our own lives, and it takes all of us doing our part. And one thing we need to continually do is to ask the Lord to, to show us, am I... Is there something in my life that's causing dissension and disunity among myself and somebody else? And, you know, it might not be something uh, as much as all the things that are politicized today. It might be just something simple between you and a family member. But there's a disunity there that you know that it's something that is not what God wants for your life. And it's not something that can cause you to go farther. So today... Why don't we take some time and ask ourselves some questions? And I've written some down, and we're going to put these on the screen afterwards as well so that you can see them. And so, have I made people feel less because they're different than me? In my impatience, have I tried to push my own agenda on somebody else rather than allowing them to discover what God's will is for themselves? Am I portraying qualities of love, patience, gentleness, and peace? Or do my actions create fear, anger, bitterness, pride, dissension? And am I using the gifts that God has given me to help build up the body of Christ? Or am I causing there to be a divide? So we're going to take some, some time to think about those things today. I'm just going to check and see if there's been any text messages. Nope. So we're going to put these uh, questions up on the screen. And um, I don't want you to just rush off. And if you do have to rush off for some reason, take a picture of the screen. Take a picture of those questions. And I want you to take some time with God today and allow him to speak. Don't just do all the talking, but allow, as you ask the question, just pause and, and see what he says to you. And as Pastor Wade said earlier, oftentimes it's that first thing that comes to mind. Oftentimes that's the voice of God speaking. We need to pay attention to that. And so um, oftentimes as well, we, we go through life and we're so busy and we sometimes don't even notice the way we may be offending somebody else 
because we're in we're, we're so intent on pushing the agenda that we have and so let's let's pause and ask the holy spirit what he's saying to us and ask him you know how can i be a person of peace and love and and uh and and not of anger and, and dissension so we're going to pray today before we go God, thank you for speaking to us today about living well with people who are different than us. Forgive us for being the catalyst that has caused division. We're sorry, Lord. Help us to do better. Thank you that as we allow you to work in our lives and as we use the gifts you give us to help us, help make us stronger, you do bring about change. We have a long way to go, but we don't want that to stop us. Because God, sometimes in our human minds, we don't see how what we do is possible to change the world. But God, we know that the power of the Holy Spirit working through us is greater and more capable of impossibilities. And so God, we surrender to you. And we ask that you would help us as we try to live with people who are different than us. God, help us to take these things to heart today, to take time to hear what you're saying to us. Amen. You've been listening to the Crosslands Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or the Google Play Store so that it comes straight to your device. And to find out more about Crosslands Church, you can visit us at crosslands.ca. Join us next week for another message to help you experience the life with God you've been missing.